Welcome to Sunday morning at First Presbyterian Church. I'm Pastor Danny Deeth, and now that we have celebrated the birth of Christ and Christ being baptized and the starting of his mission, as we begin this new year, we too are being called to look and discern how we are going to spread the word of Christ, this good news, this hope, peace, joy, and love to the world. We do this as individuals, as church families, and as the larger body of Christ. How do we do this? Let's explore this together. Come on in. Our first scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Jonah, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, and then we'll pick up with verse 10. Hear now the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, the great city, and proclaim it, the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days' walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk, and he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please rise if you are able for this reading of our gospel this morning. We are in Mark, first chapter, verses verses 14 through 20. This is the familiar passage of the call of the first disciples. Listen again with fresh ears. 1, 14 through 20. Now, after John was arrested... Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending their nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. So today, fish play an important part in what God is talking to us about today. We have two fish stories, uh, and you can thank Vicki, I think she saved you three to five minutes on walking through Jonah. You know the bigger picture of what happens there, and Jonah, for a prophet, seems a little bit confused in the beginning. This is what he does. He responds 
and he tells people God's messages. It's kind of what angels do. We just came through the birth story with the angel Gabriel coming to Mary and Joseph at one point in his dreams. And prophets really are just human messengers of God's word. And so God tells them, and as Vicky said, he said, um, no. But before he just decided he was going to try to run away from the presence of God. For a prophet, that's, that's pretty dumb. I mean, it is. How do you think that you can run out of God's presence? One of the ways that we are blessed by God is that there's no place that we can go that God is not. And that's a gift. That's a good thing. But Jonah tries to run, storm comes. They don't know why, they're casting lots. That is their, their way of rolling dice to see whose fault this is, and it lands on Jonah, who's asleep below deck. They wake him up, what are you doing? Finally, Jonah says, it's me, throw me in. My fault, my bad. So they throw him in, that's where he should have died, but it didn't. The fish came, swallowed him up, Three days, he's in there before he cries out to God. I might have done that the first minute I was in the belly of a big stinky fish. But took him three days. We are stubborn, just as stubborn and obstinate as apparently Jonah was in this moment. And then after he cries out to God and repents for not following God, they spew, the, the beast spews him out. That's a biblical word, spewed but only in this context, youth. So on the beach, he is righted, he is forgiven. Now he's on his path, he's on his journey, and he goes to Nineveh, capital of Assyria, perceived as enemies of Israel. That was Jonah's issue. It's not that he was, he was the product of his intolerance was that he ran from God's call. Often when we think of Jonah, we think, oh, he, didn't, he, he ran from God and didn't want to do the call. It really wasn't that. That was just what happened. As Vicky said, the issue was he knew who those people were and he didn't want God's grace to be extended to them, God's mercy, God's forgiveness. And God says, well, they're my children. You'll go and you'll do what I tell you to do. So he went and he said, repent of your ways or you will be destroyed. And then, I'm paraphrasing, Jonah goes up on a hill where he can see the whole city and he waits for God to destroy the city of Nineveh because he hates them. But what happens? They repent, all of them. Every single one of them, all 120,000 people, as we're told at the end of Jonah, they stop doing their evil ways. The king makes a decree, everyone will fast, everyone will stop doing their evil ways, put on your sackcloth, you sit in the ashes and you do the whole repentance thing. And they did. They just needed someone to tell them and they changed. And now Jonah's really mad. What, what do you mean they're not, you're not going to wipe them off the face of the earth? And then God makes this little bean plant thing grow over to 
keep Jonah out of the direct sunlight, and then God sends a worm the next day, eats it, it dies, and then Jonah's, oh, woe is me, I have no plants, kill me now. And God says, you're grieving over that one plant that I made yesterday and destroyed today? What about my people? These Ninevites are my children. Think about them. And that's how the book ends with a question from God. Jonah was called to do something he didn't want to do. That's a part of all of our calls. No matter how we get to be a person of faith, no matter how we came into the Christian world, we are called to do a variety of things. And depending on where we are in our life, if you have been a Christian for a long time, you are being called again today. Because your call now is very different than perhaps you were converted or called or came to Christ as a child, as a youth, as a young adult. And that you are continuously being called to service in new ways. Your call is not one and done. Your call is ongoing because we are in a new time, in a new place, possibly from where in the time and place you came to Christ. So we have this example of Jonah's call. And he did some things for God, and then he didn't want to do some things for God. That's about as real as it can get. There are things that we want to do as Christians, and then there are things that we don't want to do as Christians. And we're called to do all of it. And it's hard. I did a sermon one time called Discipleship Stinks. Because we should be in places that don't smell good. We should be with people who are on the street or in dire straits. That's one of the reasons we know we are responding to our call. I had a friend in town, not a member of this church, say, I'm, I'm volunteering at this homeless shelter and I feel so awkward I feel so out of my comfort zone. I don't think this is the right place for me. And I said, that's exactly how you know you're in the right place. So now we shift to our passage in the New Testament. Jesus calling some in a different way. And in the Gospel of Mark, as you know, it's the smallest of the four Gospels. Mark does not elaborate in detail as the other gospel writers do in many of the stories that we know and love. We're in the first chapter, so remember there's no birth narrative in Mark. He begins with John the Baptist. So John the Baptist has come. He has baptized. Jesus was sent out into the wilderness to be tempted. Just two verses Mark gives that whole temptation scene. And then it begins with John being arrested. That's troubling for a variety of reasons for Jesus. But it also helps us to look and to say, John served his purpose, he answered his call, and at the end of this call, he was arrested. It is, as Jesus begins his call, some foreshadowing of what Jesus will go through as well. And Jesus says, 
The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Believe, uh, repent and believe in the good news. It is Jesus who is saying the kingdom is now here because it's with me I brought it. Our understanding of this timeline is that when Christ came into the world, so too did the kingdom of God. We are in the in-between place and it will be finished and redeemed and completed when Christ comes again at the second coming. We are in that in-between time. And that's what Christ says. It's here now and now I need people to help me maintain and build and grow this kingdom. So I'm going to call these first disciples. So we have two sets of brothers, both of them fishermen, not rod and reel fishers, but net fishermen, cast out in, they leave the nets, and with the weights on the end, it kind of encloses around, and you hope you get a good school of fish, and then you pull that into the shore, they had to be strong, they would have been in good shape. So Simon, who would become Peter, and Andrew were the first brothers. Jesus comes by and says, follow me and I will make you fish for people. Follow me. These are the first words that Jesus speaks to Peter. And the last words that Jesus speaks to Peter are these. Feed my lambs, follow me. His words to Peter literally are bookended with follow me, come, and then follow me as he goes and to ascend into heaven and then sends them out. So again, this variety of call in time. So these disciples were called to follow Christ right then and there. And then their call changed after Christ lived and gave himself on the cross, was resurrected from the dead, and then ascended, and then they were called to go out into the world. So I want us to become comfortable with the idea that there are different calls at different times to do different things. We look at Jonah, and Jonah was called in a certain way to do certain things, very different from those disciples. So what are you being called to do today? It is a new year, it is a new time for our church, for your family, your friends, your life. Your call is different than it was a year ago, or 10 years ago, or 20 years ago, and forward. And a lot of these disciples didn't know what this call would be. Jonah had a better sense, because this was a single task, go and do this, but he didn't know what was next. The disciples certainly didn't know when they agreed to follow Christ what the next steps would be. And then again and again and again. Martin Luther King said faith is like taking the first step when you can't see all of the staircase. Our call is like that. We don't know what God is calling us to do. We don't know where God is calling us to go. But we know that that call is what we want. And we have to have the courage to respond again to that call because the world needs it just as it did then. It does again now. What are you being called to do 
in January 2024 through First Presbyterian Church in Columbus, Georgia, the United States, and the world. Your call is fresh today. Look at it again. Determine and seek where you are being called and how you are being called. And then the courageous part is to then go and respond to that call. This is really Christianity 101. However, as it changes, we cannot become complacent. We cannot think, well, I did my thing a long time ago and I'm done. We are always shifting. Our call is always shifting. So let us be renewed today in the calls that God is extending through these fish stories and into our hearts and lives today. Oh.